For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. I can just say on you now. I, I know. <laughs> Waiting to read it. <laughs> What's going on, football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment multiple times a week. So in order to keep up to date on all the exciting things going down in the Tampa Bay Bucks organization, especially in this offseason, you're going to want to download that Odyssey app, search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, hit that auto-download button, and have all of these episodes just sitting there waiting for you at your convenience so another thing you can do is share with friends family other football fans tom brady fans anybody that has been a bucks fan or a newly bandwagon bucks fan whatever the case may be (laughs) spread the word i'm casey hudson joined by my lovely producer lovely i keep saying that when it comes to you but you are so lovely james well thank you james jackson (laughs) it's time to sail into a brand new episode uh of some off-season episodes these ones are fun there's no particular structure there's no order it's just us bringing you the top information of the bucks and really just having a a, a real authentic conversation about it i think that's my favorite part about off season until we start getting into mock drafts and cap mm-hmm. evaluations and uh we've got some very cool guests to come on and give you guys cap breakdowns it is maniacal how these people's brains work but it's it really so is it's it, sick it really- kudos to like those those brainiacs and those geniuses who can look at like the the extra pages of the game because that's what the offseason yeah. is the offseason is like everything that doesn't show up on Sunday is what you take care of in the offseason so you got to have like a different level of like capacity brain capacity and football understanding to do that so we, we lean on those kind of experts heavily but Casey you mentioned it it's the offseason and like I I, I was so excited to finally hop on a couple of these episodes, right? And then, so I'm looking for looking for stuff to wear today, and I'm like, what, what kind of what gear do I want to put on? What, do I want to wear a jersey? Do I want to wear a shirt? And then I kind of have the look. I kind of just took a sigh, and I was like, ah, but it's the off season. Like I don't, I don't really like <laughs> don't need the gear up because they're not playing anymore. And I got a little bit sad. I had to like yeah. my after that, but you know, it's, it's a little. It's a little downer that football season is technically still going, but the Buccaneers are not. Which, if you were a Bucks Bucks fan before Tom Brady, you know we're almost back to the norm. Except the season used to end in December. We didn't yeah. go into the new year playing football. We we left we football with to. the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah. It has been a bitter, yeah. It was like Merry Christmas. Your team is out. It was yeah, the yeah. weirdest way to celebrate and also hit the reality of like no more football for mm-hmm. for Bucks Nation and Tampa Bay. But I will say, as exhausting as this football season has been, and as interesting as Monday played out, and then Tuesday we had a great episode. If you guys missed it, Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. James and I covered so much. Yeah, you want to go back in. and listen to that. We got a lot out and a lot in, <laughs> honestly. Sure. But now it's like it's Friday, and I'm over here like, wow, there's no Bucks football this weekend. Yeah, I, it's crazy, I'm right? feeling like some type of way about this. There's a void. There's a void for sure. Mm-hmm. Like sun, Saturday or Sunday is going to hit, and I'm gonna be like, wow. Like there's, you know, I'm not waking up Sunday morning, you know, checking the Bucks injury report or looking at right. all their socials to get like the pump up videos and stuff like that's. It, it's really sad, and it's funny because ever since we got Tom Brady, or ever since really like we won that Super Bowl, I kind of knew in the back of my head like the good times we have in Tampa right now are rented <laughs> because like they're here because we have Brady. Like you said it perfectly, yeah. Casey. Like before we got Tom Brady, we were used to you know just not going to the playoffs, and right. I think there has been, and I can really prove this, but I do think there is a little <laughs> bit. There's something within the organization that's like, hold on to Tom Brady as long as possible because we know when he goes, that's where we go back to. Some like we, things. We go back to hard times when Tom leaves. And because <laughs> I don't think the Buccaneers are really prepared for life after Tom Brady, right? There's no backup quarterback oh, no. in the pipeline. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no rebuild. There's no talk about that. It's, you know, hold on to Brady as long as you can because when he lets go, we're all just – gonna fall off a cliff so I like kind of know that in the back of my mind every season 
And whenever season comes to an end, my chest gets really tight because I'm like, we are like staring down the abyss again. Mm-hmm. We yep. might go back to that. It's another off season of that. Yeah, potential shipwreck. The rock is mm-hmm. right there. You you feel the flow and the tide changing and turning. And then it's like, how much can we avoid or mm-hmm. lean into this? And it's funny that you mentioned that because the biggest thing too is, you know, we have stadium changes at Raymond James. We added mm-hmm. a whole new level of extra seats, which I kind of hated because it, it changed the look of it. But it's fine. Is it going to come down to the, to the point where – all of those extra chairs were for nothing. Season ticket members were locked into two two-year deals when they uh, bought their season tickets this past season. Say season five more times, Casey, really fast. Um, but then with that, now there's this opportunity of not having Brady back. Fans were already starting to pass on along their tickets towards the middle of the season and closing out. So scary, scary times ahead. But before we get into that, producer James. Um, it's the biggest news of the week. We, we, mm. we don't speculate here, but we obviously anticipated it and had a conversation about it on Tuesday here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. The fact that we were hearing things, muddlings in Mom, the hall, my, yeah. throughout Tampa Bay and Murmurings. the nation, honestly. Yeah. yeah whisper, whispers and, down the lane. Yeah. Yeah. We heard. <laughs> yeah. We some, uh, some real parts of the Car- Caribbean stuff. Yeah. Uh, left which was potentially out and, then it was confirmed and clarified that Leftwich was released. That was mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, and it wasn't just Leftwich. It was Leftwich in a slew of coaches. Um, obviously, not all of them were fired. It was three of them that decided to retire. Coaches like Clyde Christensen to be um, top of that list who decided to turn in on his career. But it feels like that that turnover has now been escalated Without the conversations of Tom Brady, let's start with the fact that we had a feeling Leftwich was going to be out. Um, Leftwich officially was released yesterday, and two names started to come to the surface right away. So where does this leave the program in your mind, James? Um, And a little bit of limbo. And I think we're Mm -hmm. all in limbo until we make a decision on or until Tom Brady makes a decision or he wants to come back to football at all. And then the secondary follow-up is, does he want to come back to Tampa Bay? Um, Because I think – like that that's first to address. And I know we kind of just wanted to talk about the left foot situation, but I don't think we can really address the offensive coordinator position until we address Brady first, because the whole reason left yeah. got fired or got let go is because it down the line, it, it, you know, it kind of uh, came to light that him and Brady weren't the best pairing of offensive coordinator and quarterback. So the last mm-hmm. thing that I think the Buccaneers want to do is make a decision on an offensive coordinator. And then in retrospect, have it not be a good pair with Tom Brady. I think Tom, needs right. to be a part of this process. He needs to, you know what I mean? Like he needs to yeah. have a say on who they look at. When someone comes in, he, you know, give Tom the name, look at the past. Like he doesn't have to be there in the meeting. He's not the GM. I get that. And Jason Light is a very good GM and he's done everything that this team and Tom Brady could have asked him to do. You know, even when he whispered, Hey, Julio Jones is free. He went out and got Julio Jones. Like he's, he's I done know. as much as Tom Brady's could ask for. So I think there should be trust there. And I think that's, it's it sucks for the Buccaneers because you would want to take care of the OC first, like take yeah. care of in-house things before we go and, and, you know, wait for Tom's answer. But I, I yeah. think that's the position that they're left in. And like, that's, I think that's kind of what has to happen. I think you, you gotta, you know, kind of tell Tom, like, we're not going to make a decision until you make it a decision. Now be part of the pitch, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't want to get someone you're not going to like. So you let us know and then we'll make a move. Better I struggle with that slightly. No, I because... don't like it. I don't like it at all. Casey. I think <laughs> no, but I think, I think you're right. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, like it I think you're right. I just, I struggle with that tremendously because it's like, you know, Tom Brady's on a year by year basis here, honestly, and not even just here in Tampa Bay. If he does continue to play football, you know, he's not going to go into any two, three year contract. Um, the reality of it is that in order for him to keep all the chips on his side, he's got to continue to play this year by year game. Um, and then, you know, you can't bank on the fact that if you bring an OC that Brady likes and feels like he can work with, is this an OC that you're now going to formulate all of your QB choosings according to? So the slim pickings that the 2023 draft has for QBs, mm-hmm. that's going to be scary. 
Kyle Trask is clearly not the answer. And my own University of Florida prejudice aside, it's the fact that they didn't show any faith in him at all this season. Going in yeah. at the end of the Falcons game, the last game of the season says absolutely nothing. Trask fans, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. So you've got to bank on the fact that 2023 or 2024 has the future quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks, or a veteran that has at least three to five years left in him. But this is a team that you and I both want to steer clear of this whole veteran or, you know, super name load up unless yeah. they bring in somebody that, you know, wants to do the rebuild. So everyone who thinks Aaron Rodgers is a good idea here, uh-uh, pivot, turn around, walk off the plank because he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Hence why he is struggling to even be kept by his own team right now for one. And for two, it's just I respect his what Aaron Rodgers does. It's the diva attitude that this organization cannot yeah. manage and cannot uh, can't afford, afford right have. now. Can't even afford to have not forget about doesn't want to manage. They can't even afford to have it in their locker room right now. And I think there were mm-hmm. kind of a couple quote unquote diva attitudes. And I don't want to. They're not diva, but they're you know not all the way bought in with the team they're and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Re- regardless of whether the ship was going down or not. But Aaron Rodgers is, is a good point, and, and I won't fo- focus on the name of Aaron Rodgers so much as just like the type of quarterback and, and, the, right. and the splash. Because you go and get a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers when you're a quarterback away. Mm-hmm. And, and before the 2020 season, the, the end of the 2019 season, the Buccaneers were a quarterback away. It was clear that Jameis yeah. Winston was just like the clear holding this team back. And then Tom yeah. Brady comes in and we won a Super Bowl. We're not that Buccaneers <laughs> team anymore. Like, sorry to break it to you, Buccaneers fans. I don't know if you guys still thought that, but Tom Brady was the <laughs> was the biggest glaring kind of mishap or miscues of the season. But he damn sure was not the only one. And damn right. sure wasn't the only impactful one. So, like, mm-hmm. going and getting the next, you know, aging superstar quarterback who still got it in him a little bit, I don't think is, is going to do us, you know, any good until we address the other, like, little minute details of this team that had Tom yeah. Brady so hot. Like, he had a he had a, a point there. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I think that kind of goes hand in hand. But also with the <laughs> situation, kind of what I saw again is that, like, the, the kind of rumors and the murmurings of Byron Leftwich being fired didn't just come out when they lost. This was happening – last week of the regular season, the playoff game. You know what I mean? You started hearing the murmuring, started seeing the writing on the wall. Casey, I think that was the Buccaneers' way of telling Leftwich, brother, get it together. Like, you got – you know what I mean? Like, we are – this This oh, is – He knew almost, that he had too many chances because the yeah, conversation like, was that after bye week, is it was like that's when he was really supposed to be forced out and yeah, Bulls decided seat. that there was no changes going to be made. Exactly. Mm. And, and whether and, – and who knows? Maybe this is the organization even going above Todd Bowles because Todd Bowles refused to kind of echo that in his post-game sentiments. So maybe mm-hmm. the organization is like, we got to get it out there to let Byron Leftwich know that you, this is not – don't get cozy. Like, if you don't perform, if you have a bad playoff game, have a bad end of the regular season, we're going mm-hmm. to move on from you because, like, it's going to be either you or Tom. And, and if the Buccaneers have that ultimatum, they're going to choose Tom Brady. So I, I just kind of – you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So retrospectively, mm-hmm. just looking back at this whole situation, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a coincidence. That didn't just come out of left field. So like that was that was planted. That was that was the Buccaneers wanted that to be known. Like, you know, Byron, you got a short leash, man. And if we don't see good in these last couple of weeks, don't don't be surprised <laughs> when I call you in my office and ask you to bring your playbook with you. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's drop it's, off it's, your stuff here, leave your key there. Exactly. Advice. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad that you painted that picture for Bucks fans, James, because uh, of course, you know, what's a what's a media member if we're not watching all the shows that are talking about breaking news across the league? And it brings me to one of the most dramatic shows that I, you know, that I struggled to watch if I'm being fully transparent. It's um, it's Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Yet I still get a hoot out of these two somehow, some way. When I listen to them from a distance, you know, have it running in right. the background, but I'm doing right, other right. things that are productive. Right. So with that said, uh, of course, Sharp had a very um, passionate uh, <laughs> passionate exchange with Skip Bayless about the fact that he feels like Byron Leftwich was done wrong, that 
Tom Brady never takes responsibility for the shortcomings of Tom Brady and every it's everyone else's fault but Brady's. So he feels like Leftwood should not have been fired because of, you know, the lack of ability that Tom Brady had and did not own up to this season. And I struggled, struggled with this perspective. Not yeah. because I'm the Tom Brady fan, not because you know, I believe that this organization, <laughs> which is why I'm I excited am. to hear what you yeah. think about this, but you I know, uh, Bucks fans, Jolly fans, if I can, if I can honestly be transparent about anything, like I was never that person that went off the deep end when it came to Tom Brady. Grew up a Dolphins fan uh, for the most, for the beginning part of my life. My mom worked for the Dolphins, so of course, AFC, AFC hated the Patriots, hated Tom Brady. Uh, respect him as an athlete and what he does still respect and appreciate him as an athlete for what he does. Uh, so if there was anybody that could be on board with the passionate statements of Shannon Sharp, you would think it would be somebody like me. I hated everything he said. Mm. I really hated mm. that statement because mm. I think in so many ways we saw left, which being protected, not um, Brady, shortcomings being protected now did he come to the podium and say hey i screwed up that pass to mike evans or i screwed up this i screwed up that no not particularly every sometimes post no no Eric, some, there sometimes. were some times yes yeah he's not somebody to like, go into right he's not somebody yeah. to go into this like exasperated death of yes. something to be like yes. oh my so gosh i did I'm this so, i'm so, so glad you said that i'm so glad. knowing his personality i think he took enough responsibility but then you also saw mike evans which i have the clippings we'll throw it up taking responsibility too finishing off routes looking over his shoulder at the right time you know marking his man and marking brady's pass timing all these things, there's so many things that played into us, but how do you complain as fans and as spectators about the play calling being abysmal, let alone you still somehow try to blame this on mm -hmm. Brady mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. I know there's the debate about Brady play, calling the plays and Leftwich calling the plays, but the person whose job title that is, is Byron Leftwich. So I struggled with Sharp saying that everyone comes to the chopping block on the account of Tom Brady and his lack of accountability. Um, I think for Shannon Sharp, it's real easy, or, or put it this way, that that's a perspective that comes to you when you're on the sidelines looking at it, not when you're in and amongst the organization. That's a Mentor guy who, versus the athlete. You know what I mean? Like that's a guy who's who's looking at it, who's 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 kind of looking at the Buccaneers every three days, every four days, instead of every single day, instead of every single hour, like we've been doing, like you and Kaylee have been doing, like people who cover the Buccaneers. So I can see kind of how Shannon got that. And if he wants to side with Byron Leftwich, how he can go that route based on his perspective. But I don't agree with it at all. Because you're right. I mean, his superior in Todd Bowles kind of refused to to point out any kind of Byron Leftwich mistake publicly. So we, we've done that. And you made a terrific point, Casey. When has Tom Brady ever come to the podium and been like, hey, yeah, um, uh, you know, second quarter, 8.34 to go, we were driving, and I made a bad read to the out round, threw a pick, and that was a turnover. Like, what point to when Tom has ever done that, you know? Never. Like, he has – this is his statement. I need to do better. We need to do better. That's football. And, and, Plug and, and play those statements where you will. That's Tom Brady's speech. Yes, yes. Use that Use that speech as Play-Doh and mold it to whatever you want because he's giving you the overarching statement of, yes, I know I played bad. No need to go into big detail. <laughs> I know I played bad. They know they played bad. So we all got to play better. But mm -hmm. we're not behind closed doors. Like, there is not one person, New England or Tampa, who will come out and be like, I, you know, Tom was, you know, Tom was bad in the meeting. Tom, Tom mm -hmm. didn't take accountability in the meeting. Tom was calling us out in the team. Like, name me a player who has ever come, like, for Tom Brady in that sense. So all, all we can see is that, you know, he goes behind closed doors, they go into the lab, and they all publicly say, like, hey, here's where we play bad, here's where it has to happen, here's where it has to change. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't think anyone is coddling Tom and throwing Byron Leftwich under the bus. But here's also what I see. Tom Brady has three MVPs, seven Super Bowls, four Super Bowl MVPs. I've played 20, 20 years, 23 years in the league. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Byron Leftwich just got named offensive coordinator a couple of seasons ago. 
I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I side with the dude who's got a Super Bowl the ring experience. on 70% of his hand or 70% mm-hmm. of his fingers. Like I'm I'm sorry if I lean towards that guy when it's uh, I don't really know whose fault it is. Is it Byron or is it Tom's fault? Right. Like I, I got so much tape of Tom doing it at an elite level. And I'm like, it's probably if, if I had to choose which one is more at fault for not having it right, it's Byron's probably going to just default get that. And Byron knows yeah. that. Like you, yeah. you working with Tom Brady, you know that. That's not a, mm-hmm. that's not a surprise. So no, no, Uncle Shay Shay, I, I get what you're coming from. Someone needs to be in Byron's corner. So I'm yeah, glad somebody. that I'm glad that someone's got to be in his <laughs> corner. I'm glad that he is. But I would I would ask Shannon Sharp, what if, if he's a primary a Broncos fan or a Ravens fan? If he swings one, I know he played for a couple teams. <laughs> if Byron Leftwich was the offensive coordinator for his favorite team, and mm-hmm. they looked like that, would you feel the need to save him? Would, would you Would you feel the need to? No, it's not his fault. It's it's this that. Would Would you feel that way still? Or right. Or are you just kind of trying to see the other side of the coin because he's up against Brady and Brady usually wins that? Exactly. Like, it almost just feels like the ultimate anti-Brady situation. Yes. Like somebody's got to go against Brady. Somebody's got to be in left with just corner. But the other reason why I just didn't love this whole conversation and this whole statement, and I didn't see the full segment. I just saw clips of it. So I'm not particularly sure where Skip Bayless lied in this conversation. He was kind of agreeing and nodding his head at the points that I saw. Now, where I also struggle is that this team, this organization has known that there were going to be tremendous question marks once this season wrapped up. With that said, why would they make a a decision only putting it all on Leftwich, not putting any responsibility on Brady, knowing that there's three options here. Brady could be done with football for real, for real. Brady's going to go to another team where he thinks he can make an impact and collect eight, or Brady stays with the Bucs. And with the way that the season ended, with all the drama revolved in it, and then with his post-game presser after the Cowboys beat them on Monday, two options felt the the strongest. He's leaving or he's retiring. So Mm -hmm. why would they sit here and not give Leftwich a chance if the chances are leaning more towards the fact of Brady being out the door at that moment? Because then that makes no sense to me. How is everyone on the chopping block for Brady when they have to think big picture here? The Bucs have no choice but to think big picture here. And if big picture includes Brady coming back, that means that they have to bring in the appropriate quarterback to be the successor of Brady, which means similar style, similar fashion, similar capabilities. He may not be at Brady's level. Brady's called a goat for a reason. But there has to be more similarities than not because the rebuild is here whether they want to do it or not. They cannot afford to go into another year of plug and playing big names, trying to go for one more Super Bowl and putting themselves in a detrimental situation come the next year. The draft is not going to fall in line with what the Bucks are trying to do. Well, that's interesting you say that, Casey, because to me, if they if the Bucks wanted to go to a rebuild, then you let Tom walk and you tell Tom that. We're going into mm-hmm. a rebuild. We're going to redo it. It makes no sense for you to come back. We're not going to pay you to come back. Go go, either retire or go to another team. <laughs> because seriously, like, what sense does that make to bring Tommy, Tom Brady back if we're going into a rebuild? So to mm-hmm. me, I still kind of think the Buccaneers want Tom Brady back. Like that's, that's just the vibe I get from the team. So if they want Tom Brady back, then I, I don't think they go into a rebuild. I don't think they try to go into a rebuild. Whether I agree with it or not, I don't think they try to. I think they still try to get the, the veterans, pieces. yeah, enough pieces. That, that Tom Brady wants vets. At this point of his career, he's not trying to mentor young people to go and do it. That's why he was so mad at his offensive line. And I, I kind of get that. I don't have time to mentor. I don't have time to teach. You got to come in and be ready to do it. He thought Julio was yeah. going to come in and, and ready to do it. Um, so, like, it, if, if they're, if they're going to bring Tom Brady back, the draft isn't where they're going to look. They're going to look to go get kind of those, those veteran statesmen and, and – Wherever that lands us next year is wherever that lands us. I'm not. I'm not too sure. It might land us in the exact same spot. And we're pulling our hair out. Are you on the bring Brady back train? I know 80 percent of Bucks fans, according to polls that I've seen between Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and 80%. then some, they want Brady back. Yeah. I don't, I, Casey. I don't want to go to the unknown. The unknown scares me. It's dark over there, and if Brady <laughs> jumps is. ship, our ship just steers towards just dark seas. I don't know what's there. I don't know who's there. I don't know who saves us. I don't know where it hit. Like, you know what I mean? You said it earlier, the abyss. The abyss. Like, at least with Brady, I know where we're going. It may not be, you know what I mean? Like, See, this is, 
Like I this is my dark her. humor where I'm like, look, if you're leaving, go. Yeah, I, hear <laughs> I can't you. sit here and I can't sit one here and go through the, the roller coaster anymore. Yeah, I can't do one foot in the door, one foot out the door. I've never you know, been that woman. You know what makes me mad? I, and you know what? You hold those values to you to yourself, Casey. Don't let don't let no do. man don't let no man be one foot in, one foot out. I like that. Hold that. Hold that oh, I do. But here's the thing: what I didn't like what Tom said is I'm gonna take a month or two to kind of think about it. I, well, it's terrifying because of what you said. If they're trying to base the next OC off of Tom Brady's decision, that means that Bucks fans are gonna be sitting in this lull at the top of the year for weeks. For you know weeks. what? And you know what that and I don't want to act like it's Bucks versus Tom because it's not. We're we're, we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out what's the best move for both. But it gave it gave him the leverage in that moment. It get like oh, yeah. I'll let I'll let you guys know. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like what, I'll like, get what, back to you. Yeah, I'll get back to you in two yeah. months. In yep. two months, like I will get back to you. He's lucky it's like, January. He's lucky it's January because by April I need to know. Right. Like, well, this like, man ruined my birthday last year. I'm in the middle of a picnic, selfishly celebrating, yeah. and then all of a sudden my phone I starts should. going off the Richter scale because it's like oh, Brady unretired, Brady unretired. He's coming yeah. back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And I'm like, geez, Logies. All I wanted it to do was be happy birthday, Case, today. But yeah. it's another day about Tom. Couldn't Brady. be about you. Couldn't be about you. No. And, could and not. the draft is in April, so if he lets us know in two months, that's that's March. Like I, I right. need to know in two months because I gotta know if I'm drafting your your predecessor or your successor or not. I, I gotta. I'd know like to know in two well, days or two I, I, weeks. Max. I'd like to know. Yeah, I'd like to know by like the end of the week, to be honest. <laughs> but um, well, th that's this is kind of a perfect place to transition because there's another show you talked about shows going crazy talking about um, mm -hmm. you know the the left with situation. Another show on the same network actually I think comes on right after Skip and Shannon. Probably it's <laughs> Colin Cowherd. The her with Colin Cowherd. What did they call him on Fox? one of the most polarizing voices in sports media. And it's because he, he's very strong at his takes. And he came out yesterday. And it, it, I, I'm very interested to hear your perspective on this case. He <laughs> came out yesterday and he said that firing Byron Leftwich was the Bucks' first pitch to bring Tom Brady back. Like you could see the clear kind of dissonance and the clear struggle between Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. And one of the things that Tom was public about and being kind of so – um, kind of annoyed or distraught about the situation was the lack of consistency, um, the lack mm -hmm. of, of, of um, the consistency in the play calling, the lack of aggressiveness, the lack of willing to go for it and show some confidence in your team. And the Buccaneers kind of directly associated that with Byron Leftwich. So to show Tom that, hey, we are doing right by you, and this is the first step. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and Tom yeah. needs a lot of things to have success next year. Offensive line got to be intact. I need a good yeah. running back to take pressure off me. And I need defense to either create takeaways or get pressure on the quarterback. The defense got to show up. And I think this is the Buccaneers kind of, or he said that he thinks this is the Buccaneers first installment or first step into showing Tom that this off season is about fixing those things for you. And this is step one. We did it right away. We didn't waste any time. We did it right away. Look, Tom, this is still the best option for you. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about that? kind of opinion by Colin Cowherd do you think that this was the Bucks first step in telling Brady like hey we're we're listening we're listening we're team Brady <laughs> we're team Brady I think Cowherd loves swinging from the chandeliers um here's the thing <laughs> I and and it's not because I I'm an indecisive person I I see things from so many perspectives to a state of like pair like of being paralyzed almost so I'll mm. say this um I struggle with that statement a little bit only because is could there be value and truth in that? Absolutely. Is it? Do they want to keep Tom Brady if he's going to continue to play football? It needs to be in Tampa Bay and nowhere else. That's be that's better for both parties. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, we talked about the human side of Brady pulling his, you know, moving his family again in the middle of everything they just went through this off season. A parent doesn't want to do that. I promise Agreed. you guys that. Um, but what I will say is this: I almost just feel like it's not entirely the you know appealing plate of. To, to Brady to say, come back to us. I think it's more of the fact that there might be more reality to Brady was on board with Todd Bowles being the head coach, but Todd Bowles wasn't given the tools to operate as the head coach that he wanted to operate in. And this is a wild statement coming from me because there was a lot of things that I was that I didn't love that Todd Bowles did this season. But after reading a lot of different things the past couple of days, something did come into perspective for me, which is the fact that Bowles never got to pick his staff. 
So mm -hmm. if you are yeah. a particular kind of coach, you need a particular kind of staff underneath you so that you can flourish. So will I give Todd Bowles a little bit of that leverage? Absolutely, because he can't have a staff that worked for a Bruce Arians if him and Bruce Arians have polar opposite coaching styles. Yeah, you know, no. so I think as a favor to a, a coach and a person and a human being that he respects, Bowles kept Leftwich, but it probably wasn't an ideal matchup. We're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of what we called miscommunication throughout the season. I think it was mistrust. So I think Bulls was not able to function in a full role of head coaching because he did not trust the people underneath him to manage everything else. So in all that, I say, I think it's more of a Leftwich is out because it's time for Bulls to create the team, to create the staff that he can best perform with so that he can make a case that he deserves to be a head coach in the NFL because this is kind of last chance you for him. He's still getting heat from what he did with the Jets. If we're yeah. being honest, you know, the amount of people that still bring up his Jets coaching situation is just ridiculous. They did it and in the playoffs. Exactly. And fans were actually excited when he became the head coach here because they were like, yeah, he has the tools to actually do better because he didn't have these tools with the Jets. Well, well they thought he had a good team finally. They thought he finally exactly. got the, the chance to coach a team with talent. But he had the team. He had health issues. He didn't have the staff. So now this feels like last chance you. So it feels more like a Brady respects Bulls. And in order for Bulls to give Brady the team that he deserves, Bulls needed the clean house. Because when we were talking about Leftwich potentially being fired, more than likely being fired, we weren't thinking 12 coaches were going out with them. I mean, an example is Coach Lowe. You know, she's always been praised by the Bucks organization. She did great with the development on defense, and she was even she was released. Somebody yeah. who actually did their job on defense is gone. And someone who who Coach Arians in the Super Bowl year was very like outward and spoken about how much the players love her and respect her and how great so the job high on. Mm -hmm. she does. Um, Casey, that's you. That's a tremendous perspective that you just provided, and and it, it reminds me of a quote that Bill Parcells famously said when him and Jerry Jones were going at it. At when they weren't able to win Super Bowls, is Jerry Jones wouldn't. No, it wasn't the staff; it was the players. Jerry Jones did a lot of the drafting, and Bill Parcells said, "How do you expect me to cook dinner if you don't let me get my ingredients?" So, how do you right. expect me to coach this team if you're not allowing me to go get the players and personnel that works with my style? And think mm -hmm. about it. Peel back the curtain a little bit. You have a reserved head coach, so maybe I don't need a reserved coordinator. Like you could no. be reserved when your head coach is is aggressive Talking and, or, yeah. and you know what I mean you can be reserved because there's someone there but now there's no voice coming from the sideline and there's no real defensive mm -hmm. coordinator because Todd Bowles is that too so you're, you know there's there's no from the top down there's no loud boisterous confident voice screaming above everybody so yeah. I do get that with all that being said I agree with Colin I agree. You with do. Him. I agree. With him. I agree with him because I'm not, I'm not entirely saying I don't disagree. I just think that I think that the the value, I think that the offer, I think that the attraction is just coming from a little bit deeper of a perspective. I think okay. that Brady was okay with Bulls, but I think it's the more attractive this team becomes to Bulls, the more appealing it could be for Brady. Not particularly mm. just Brady, because again, we're talking about somebody that may or may not come back. And if he does, we're talking about somebody who's probably back for just one more year, one more season. Mm. So while they may not go into a full rebuild mode, there are some big picture decisions they have to make here. That's the reality. 100%. They can't just keep doing short-term things. One hundred percent. And and, Will and that change anything? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that'll that'll be something to see when we roll around next year. That we're all like you know biting our nails for. But no, it's 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 good. And to be honest, it's refreshing that to see if you're right. It's refreshing to see the Buccaneers make a decision for someone that's other than Tom Brady. Like, oh, right. you made this decision because it benefits your head coach. And if Bruce mm -hmm. Arians is still thinking about how do I make this team good for Todd Bowles, the coach, which is what he did last year, which is why he left when he did. He wanted Todd Bowles mm -hmm. to coach a team with talent and good personnel. So if he's still worried about that, well, I can see that Byron was my OC, not his OC. So right. let, let, let's, you know, everyone wants to make this decision. Jason Lennox make this decision to make it better for Todd Bowles. That would be actually really refreshing. I hear that. But the reason yeah. I agree with Colin Cowherd is because that hasn't been the pattern. The pattern is at the end <laughs> of true. each season, okay, what do we got to do to keep Tom? What do we got to do to keep Tom? What do we got to do to keep Tom? <laughs> And, and I think that they make those quick moves. The minute Tom wanted to come back to Tampa, it wasn't like, oh, Tom, we got to see if, you know, we have different people. It was, yo, whoever is in Tom's locker, clean it out. Like, like right. get him out of here. <laughs> get him back in the door. 
they actually said even before when it was just hinted and rumored that Tom might be thinking about possibly unretiring. The Bucks were like, "Hey, we're still open. Like th- that's right. okay with us. We still haven't gotten a quarterback. We still haven't desperate. Gotten a we still desperate. <laughs> Any move for Tom desperate that they would do. And and to me, this is no different than what they did last year and after the Super Bowl year of Tom. Anything you want, buddy. Anything you want, we will do it so you come back. That that's what you make a great point. You make a great point, but we always talk about relationship reference on Charlie Rogers and touchdowns, how we got there, who knows, but guys, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, value yourself more than the Buccaneers. Yeah. Value yourself more than the Buccaneers. You don't act so desperate. You don't act so desperate. Those guys that have to sit there and be like, no, I'm not chasing. I am not chasing you, sir. We're going to meet in the middle. How do we make this work? And if not, it looks like we're both we're both out of this. Like we right. both got to go. Somebody's got to put their foot down. And Tom and definitely is. This used relationship to being needs to become a more equal effort situation. Mm-hmm. 50, you know? 50, 50, 50. And Tom's definitely used to being chased. Like I, I don't know his dating past or anything, but like I, I I'm wouldn't sure be surprised. Everybody just throwing the themselves, yeah, yeah, throwing right themselves at, him. at him. And and the Buccaneers yeah. are the la- the last lady in line right now, just just hoping for a chance, just hoping for I a mean, chance. Wow. No, it's the girl, it's the innocent girl who is not seen in like high school or college, and now finally she's being seen. Yeah. By him. And it's like, and he's the captain I'm never of the football this... team. Yeah, he's the captain right. of the football right. team. Like, oh man. Like, this is your perfect rom dramedy. I'm not even going to say rom com because nothing's funny about this right now, but it's just, it's that perfect uh, dramedy. Or I, I was supposed to remove comedy from it. Anyway, yeah. the romantic story that just never ends of the of the desperate person who's just dying for the approval of this man or woman. Uh, Bucks, you got to reel it in. Don't be so desperate. This organization has a long way to go. Uh, unless you're sitting here priming for Jack Brady and all the Brady juniors to come, like everything can't revolve around Tom Brady. Casey, am I? You're not building desperate? this team for his life. Am I Are too you desperate? desperate? I don't know, cause I, cause I'm, I'm having like a real self-reflective moment right now, because I, I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm You're on the side of the I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Yes, I don't know what, I don't know <laughs> who I am without Tom Brady right now, and and, and that's, I don't like oh that. Oh my gosh! I don't, I don't uh, like that for me. I don't like that need, for the Buccaneers. We, we need a session. Having, the Buccaneers are having a little identity crisis, aren't they? Like we, as an organization, don't know who we are without Tom Brady, and that puts us in a in a very desperate situation. <sighs> My goodness, yeah, this we need calls counseling. for like a wine night. Yeah, yeah this calls yeah. for wine and and a lot of deeper conversations as yeah, to why you can't let go. I'm the woman that's like, if you're going, go. Like, let me just go ahead and start getting the wheels in motion in the next path or trajectory that I've got to be on, and maybe we'll circle yeah. back to this conversation in another lifetime. I uh, yeah, really my dad calls me Rolling Stone for very specific yeah. reasons, and I got that nickname as a child, which is terrifying terrifying uh but with that said <laughs> james we could go on and on and on about left witch and brady and bulls and the relationship that. that never was or always will be but oh. um the biggest thing we have to talk about before we we get ready to go and do an, a new twist to walking the plank is there was two names that that at least bucks fans sent to me personally the most and one you named on on tuesday's episode oh. it's uh Todd Munkin, your BFF, or Bill <laughs> yeah. O'Brien was popping up in, in my stuff a lot. And I'm going to just Neither. go ahead and give Bill O'Brien a quick little no. Um, no, I don't, want, I don't want either of them. I don't want either of them. No. Do I respect the fact that, you know, brown background? Cool. You're smart. You're a smart guy. You've done some cool things. You know, you manage certain certain situations in a chaotic Penn State era. Bravo, bravo. Um, but he also uh, traded DeAndre Hopkins for a second and a third because he didn't right. like. He's also done some DeAndre very Hopkins. questionable things, and he's not the guy for the. I think okay. So there was a lot of mixed reviews on Bill O'Brien because they're like, yeah, well, he had to rebuild and he had to start from scratch and he had to put a piece together and that takes time and they didn't give him time. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks situation is ideal either because we still don't know what the what the goal is here. Is it yeah. starting a rebuild or is it building off of what they have and talking rebuild in 2024? And I feel like a lot of people are leaning towards this talk rebuild in 2024. Like you said, James, get Brady back. Um, you know, I want my man back kind of mentality. So Bill O'Brien and the system that he runs and some of these guys who – you know, he had four or five years with the Patriots, but outside of that, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of his success has been collegiate. And 
it's it just keeps getting proven time after time after time that's not always the most transferable situation from college football to the nfl and making it stick and every time something flops in the nfl he ends up back in college now i just don't think the buck system is for him i don't see that being a dynamic between him and bulls the next name that comes to mind is Todd Munkin, who was obviously already a part of the Bucks staff. Um, but a lot of people are protecting Munkin and what did not happen here for the Bucks during his seasons because they felt like Coder was kind of smothering his ability, not allowing him to fly, not giving him full reign to function. And then you and I talked about Coach Bowles wanting somebody who can really just excel take and it, fulfill yeah. that role without just asking Daddy's permission for everything. Yeah, exactly. Just take it, so. Just take it. That's where I've kind of been like, wow, this could kind of be something because if Munkin has the confidence and the ability to say this is what we need to do, he likes to run a predominantly explosive offense. You know, he's going to bring that deep threat back to life. There's things that Munkin is known for. Evans has already worked with him. There's there's some key factors here that could kind of make this a more polished okay, him and Bulls can not only work well together, but there's vets on this team that no one respects Munkin. He already is aware of these players' capability. He probably knows or has a better uh, perspective on free agents that can come and click with these guys. So that's where kind of history kind of accelerate this whole guessing game of can we build the dream team that we tried to build last year. So, and these two names, I'm going to tell you straight up, Casey, I still don't want Todd Munkin. Um, <laughs> I just don't have, I don't have good, re- I saw him. I saw him as my OC one time. And just because you change the people around him doesn't mean Todd Munkin all, is all of a sudden like a better play caller. So I, I know he didn't always get the chance because Dirk Carter was the prim- primary play caller, even though he was OC. But to mm-hmm. me, there was a reason Dirk Cutter never felt comfortable enough turning the reins over to you know what i mean like Ah. even even bruce arians at some point got out of the way and said you know what someone else call the plays i'll be the i'll be the voice and we won a super bowl so like if if he didn't have that trust with Dirk cutter or didn't have that trust with tom munkin i don't know i don't know if i really have that trust right now especially not seeing him anywhere else have like tremendous tremendous success he's the bears oc right now so I mean, how, how how good are the Bears? They have the number one pick in the in the NFL draft. So you know what I mean. Um, and then when I go over to Bill Bill O'Brien, if I had to choose between the two, I lean towards Bill O'Brien, and I give him the benefit of the doubt of one familiarity with Brady. I think that I think that'll just make him comfortable. Not only did he was he OC for a lot of those or a couple of those Patriots teams, but successful. That's how he got the Penn State job in the first place. Um, yeah. So if Brady can go back to like. If, if Bill O'Brien remembers schemes, packages, plays that were like, hey, this worked, this worked every time that, that we, we did this in New England with Brady, and Brady can kind of muster some of that up again, that might even give Brady a little bit more rejuvenation of like, I know this guy, he knows me. I don't have to worry about it as much because he gets kind of just my innate tendencies and what I like to do. And then you give mm-hmm. him a little bit, I give him a little bit of credit or, or I give him credit for the two rebuilds he had to do because not only Penn State, but then he went and took the Houston Texans job where everyone was like, are you sure? Like he took it over from <laughs> Romeo Purnell and everyone's like, like, that's what you want to do. And he brought that team to the playoffs. He did. He brought Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and everybody brought them to the playoffs in a game that they should have won. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, in a game that they did win and beat Josh Allen and the, and the Bills in a game that they were up 24 nothing to the Chiefs. Like this is, you know, he, he did that. He had that success. I get it. Why I don't like Bill O'Brien is just the 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 personal reasons, the personality of him, and I think it's not coincidental. That's why I don't think it would mesh with Bulls. I, I don't think it would mesh with a lot of people because he seems like a coach who's more comfortable coaching eighteen and nineteen year olds and telling them what to do than being leader of grown men. Because Ooh, being a profound. leader of grown men meaning you have to like you have to accept more than if you are just building a program. And like this is or molding a guy, molding, molding a people. boy into a man, especially Penn State, a very rich tradition. Like you know, we white helmets and black cleats. We don't do anything else, so it's easy to kind of <laughs> kind of keep kids in boundaries. But when you're a leader of grown men, you can't go up to DeAndre Hopkins and say, "I don't like the friends you hang out with. Don't bring them around anymore." You you simply can't do that. And when he says no, you can't trade at the time the second or third best receiver in the NFL for a second mm-hmm. and a third round pick and not get a first round pick back for him. Like you, you can't do that solely because you didn't like who DeAndre Hopkins was. Like you right. simply cannot do that. 
So if Bill O'Brien comes into the Buccaneers, a team that is established in a lot of places, quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver room, established in a lot of places with a lot of veterans. Imagine mm-hmm. if he comes in and all of a sudden he don't like the person Mike Evans is. And like the person Ryan Jensen is. You know? Because when Bill O'Brien doesn't like the person you are, he can't look past that. I've seen it with track record. It doesn't matter how good you are in his team. He's going to want you out. He's not going to vouch for you. He's not going to – you know what I mean? I don't like that. And a team with a lot of communication and personality kind of dysfunction right now, I think the last person I want to do is is throw a more polarizing figure into that. That is such a great way to put that, James, actually. I I have no rebuttal on that because it it just brings – it just kind of brings me to the fact that, you know, this turnover of of coaches and kind of, you know, losing out on the era of old school coaches to all these new coaches now – there's so much that you miss with old school guys because while they had a harsher, more aggressive approach, you know, it was this blank sheet when it came to making decisions best for the team majority mm-hmm. of the time, you know, because it came down to football, what worked best for football. Now there's so much emotion in the game, which, you know, I always want these players to be respected and I want them to definitely stop being perceived as these products that uh, people have the audacity to say, oh, we're paying their bills by watching them. Guys, let me just paint you a quick little cute picture. Um, Players, athletes across every professional league, yeah, majority of their income comes from the endorsements. So when you see them holding those stupid protein milks on the television, they're getting fat money for that. And it's consistent. You know, all of their contracts are really broken down into how many games they actually played. If they get injured and end up missing time, their agents have to come in and negotiate how much they'll still get paid, even though they can't touch the field. Contracts are too finicky. So, no, you're not paying these guys bills. And the airwaves have changed tremendously in the last six years because everything is becoming so digital, which is why FanDuel TV, Peacock TV, Paramount, all these things are becoming, you know, more appealing than Signing up at Spectrum or Direct TV and the packages are not even becoming that much more enticing. Rant, is that a rant that I just went on? Absolutely, because all the drama that took place this season and the Gio Bernard thing, I just kind of heard too many people concretely saying, we pay their bills. You don't. Nike pays their bills. Cow milk pays their bills. Almond milk pays their bills. Sleep number number five pays their bills. Um, those are the more consistent revenues of income that keep these guys afloat, especially that are going to protect them if and when their career is over. All that to say, love you painting that picture of him being a polarized uh, kind of person to throw into the mix of everything here. Bucks fans, we want to hear from you guys more. I initially just asked, you know, yes or no to Todd Munkin. A couple of you guys threw some names in there, but let's just kind of go from a clean slate. Who would you want to be on this team? Who do you see gelling with Todd Bowles now that the the larger conversation is Bowles never had the staff that he needed to begin with. Now he gets to rebuild. What does that rebuild look like? What coaches' names come to mind that feel like a perfect pairing with Todd Bowles? And uh, James, that takes us over to kind of lay the foundation of the next episode that we'll have coming up here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Other things that take place in the off season is not just the rebuild of coaches, coaches, staff, and um, giving Todd Bowles what he needs and what he wants, but it's also who do you bring back to the Bucks outside of Brady? We've got a handful, more than a handful, 27 free agents on this Bucks roster. Um, and, of course, people are going to bat for Levante David. I, I back that up immensely i think that he just has the characteristics to continue to be a part of the team no matter what direction that they go in um so a quick little game of keep them and leave them we're not going to go into too much depth here we're really just going to say like send them off our ship or keep them on because we're going to have a guest on next week who is a cap space guy he's brilliant and 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 that is to be honest casey it's important because that's that sometimes is the deciding factor of when you keep someone or you let them walk. Like, you know, how much wiggle room do you have? It's how much, yeah, can I afford you? And sometimes I just can't afford you. And I can't I can't afford to keep you and I can't afford to leave you. So if you hit that kind of rare middle ground, sometimes you gotta let someone go that you weren't like planning on. So that's you exactly. know, I mean? we're, we're working off straight football, emotion. I like them, I don't like them. 
you know, the guest that we have on next week is going to fill in those cracks of like, here's why it, it actually makes more sense to let that person go. Within the Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Josh Capo, he does work with Pewter Report. He's fantastic when it comes to numbers. He puts up a lot of great articles already breaking down some cap space issues and letting you know just how much wiggle room this team does or does not have. So with that said, let's get into it really quick here. Um, uh, walking the plank with a twist, keep him or leave him. Tom Brady. I mean, keep him. Casey, what? Like if, I, if I have to go <laughs> definitively one side or the other, keep him. I don't want the abyss. We can go. I'll stick with keeping him because I don't want to deal with the emotions of Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, uh, Levante um, David. Uh, keep him, but but it's not perfect for Tay. There are things that, you know, we, we expected him to kind of leap into all pro category for linebacker, and I, I don't think he did. He took like a tiny step backward this season. So keep him, but Tay, we got work to do for sure. Right. Put him. Let him know he's in the hot seat. You gotta, mm. you gotta bring that heat. We need more splash plays on this defense. Mm. Akeem Hicks, uh, leave him. Um, I, I, I like you know what the presence of Akeem brought and and when he was healthy and we saw him make a couple of good plays in the playoff game too. But I, I can't afford to keep signing people who aren't gonna play for majority of the season. And Akeem mm. went out at a bad time, so I'm sorry, Akeem. Right. That was a kind of a one year rental. We knew it anyway, so I'm gonna leave. Yeah, I'm leaving him too. I had some high expectations, regardless of some of the conversations that people were having around him. I don't mm -hmm. like to call anyone cooked until I see the steam coming off their feet in person myself. Um, loved what he did in training camp. Then he had that early injury. And then I think it just took a minute to bounce back after that. Obviously, mm -hmm. we know a lot of these guys continue to push through discomfort. But uh, I think you need somebody a lot more consistent and just way different in that gap there. So Keem Hicks is out, which takes us to the next person that was in the cooked conversation, Julio Jones leave him love you know what i mean julio's gonna be one of the one of the best wide receivers of the modern era one of the best wide receivers especially of my time watching football but you know it's it, it's i need i need a, i need a, though that three four million i need that i need that julio yeah. and I, I can't i can't afford to give it to him again yeah i just i definitely feel like there's not better as in skill set i'm not discounting what julio jones has shown that he can do in the league i mean better as in younger healthier more longevity and kind of you know slight slightly better investment um which takes us over to william golston funny story here the first year i ever covered the bucks was the year that he was um it was going into his sophomore year so he just wrapped up his rookie season so i have so much heart for him i think he's got such a, a motor on him but uh I got. I think it's time to move move on. I was about to say. I knew that's where it was going. I knew you were getting the, the admiration <laughs> out the way because you were going to hurt a feeling. I knew it was. I knew it. Was. I think um, it's time to move on. I'm so sorry, Walter Payton Award. Everything. Great man, you know? right? Great man. Great and man. We, we need great men in the locker room, Casey. I'm a right. people because one, I don't think Will Golston, Golston comes with that big of a price tag. Um, and the, the Walter Payton man of the year, like award nominee, I think is just a microcosm of like the stand-up guy that he is going to come to work, going to get the job done. And for what it's worth, I need D line depth. And this is a guy who for a two or three seasons was looking like he was going to be like a consistent starter in this league. And then just kind of took a backseat to guys like Vita Vey and Adama can sue when they came in. It's that so, looking like thing that you just said, where I'm just kind of like, not, I gotta not great. But I, but I, I, I need some D-line depth. William Golston's been here. He knows the culture. He knows how to win with us. I'll, I'll, I'll keep him for now. I'll keep him for okay. now. Okay. Again, love the human. Um, but, yeah. And then that brings us to another D-tackle. We've got – well, not another D-tackle. Golston's the end. Going mm -hmm. inside here now, you've got Raheem Nunez, Rochez, Nacho. I thought he was kind of – it was like a sneak in that he got re-signed for this coming season. Me he too. Things, Me too. He does well with being a depth person. Um, but depending on the cap space, honestly, I can go either way on this one. Depending on, on finances and if there's, you know, he's not getting paid out the wazoo here and he has been a consistent depth guy. I would almost say keep him. But if that money can go towards a loaded contract elsewhere, I'd say get rid of him. Um, uh, Nacho is going to be a guy that like, I think one of the last decisions we make oh, is going to be on him. Like we gotta, we mm -hmm. gotta show up everything else, see what we can get, what we can do. And then if there's room for you in this roster, we'll bring you back because you did some good things. But as of right now, I got to tell him it's Nacho team. I gotta it's Nacho team. <laughs> <I gotta laughs> Nacho time. Nacho, Nacho time. time. Now this one's going to, this one, I know which direction this one's going in and I'm not happy about it. Um, you got Kyle Rudolph and I'm saying keep him, but that's because, 
I feel like the, the tight ends have no space on this team. This team has never had the best interest of the tight end. You know, uh-uh. you go back eight seasons ago, we actually had a halfback and then you had the guys that actually played that position and they over dominated the tight end position. Tight ends have never had a role here. It's time. It's time for the tight ends to, to have some life. And I think that Kyle Rudolph, given the chance and health on his side, could be that guy at the right cost at the right time. But Casey, like, I I can't keep wondering if you're going to stay healthy. We saw Kyle Rudolph how many times take the field this season? Like, honestly, suit up and take the field like five. But it wasn't all health related. It was, it was. Uh, you know, it was the fact that they wanted to play Kata and 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 Cam Bray. I mean, there were still times they they made him such a last resort, even when Cam Bray was like at his most unhealthy, you know, neck injury situation. Right, and then right. they would. It's not like they did it to give Kata more playing time because his reps were still like under ten rep or under they didn't eight use reps. The tight end. I mean, they didn't use the tight yeah, end. That's what thirty it was. receiving yards and stuff. Yeah. Like it was that's, just that's still. That's what it was. I think Kyle Rudolph didn't dress because like we're not going to use the tight end. The two tight ends that we are dressing. So right, let, let's let that's somebody enough. else dress that. You know, on the offensive line or in the, or in the defensive backfield, so we have some depth there. I'll say this, Case. Yeah. I'll keep Kyle Rudolph if he's staying as a mentor to the young tight end because we love Kate Otten. And for what it's worth, I liked Cam Brate before the, the injury riddled season this year. Cam, this is a guy in Cam Brate where last year and two years ago, there were people screaming for him to be a pro bowler. And he probably should have right. been a pro bowler one of those years. So I've seen good in him. And if we come back yes. with a more developed Kate Otten and that Cam Brate that we've seen, I like our two tight end setup. And then Kyle can just be, you know, the mentor who shows up and does good reps at practice. All right, a mentor, yeah. a mentor. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting, on the count of three, keep him relieving. One, two, three. Keep him. him. <laughs> I know you don't like SMB. <laughs> Look, this is. This I don't is, not like SMB. I love the you human. Don't like, I just, you don't he's like not been SMB. consistent. He's not been consistent. And he hasn't. Um, and he hasn't. And I'm the other way. I, I kind of just like the guy SMB is. I think he is in the line of Antoine Winfield of like just loves the game of football, plays it with a lot of joy. But there's a reason he saw a lot less time on the field this year. And I can't keep watching our cornerbacks get torched. And to be honest, I'm ready for another name. I've seen this is year four of the Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield. You know what I mean? I've seen that core a lot. Maybe I'm ready for, you know, a new cornerback over there. So that's definitely where I want some money to go. I'll sway over towards Leland. I'm going with that. <laughs> um, Aaron Stinney. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go leave him. I'm gonna go leave him. I I, I need. I, I know he's another depth guy. I know he provides a, a kind of a great spark. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him for if we're going to kind of go into a, a kind of a new direction, a new era of Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. The the fringe guys is is are the guys that we can replace that we that we can kind of see a a replacement in and mm-hmm. sorry skinny skinny kind of falls in that category. <laughs> he really, he skinny kind of falls. falls. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna name one more offensive lineman because you and I did talk about the fact that O line's gonna need some help and a lot of attention this off season. Then there's about eight more guys left on the list, but we will get back into that conversation on the next episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdown so that James and I can continue to go into depth. And then that'll be the perfect pivot to our guests who will put some numbers to these decisions. So the last name that I'm gonna say on today's episode is Nick Leverett. We know that Leverett came in. Uh, I don't know if I want to say handy, but I mean, he stepped up. He did. He did. He came in handy. Let me. Let me I mean, he ridiculous. got thrown into the fire. He got thrown right. into He did come in handy. Um, he was versatile. He was able to pick up in a lot of different positions for this team and then collects an injury, you know, putting him out and stuff. So in terms of depth, I'll say keep him. I think that you saw some maturity, some promising moments out of him not being thrown into the fire and being eased into a specific, you know, or a more identified role. Uh, could be beneficial for a player like Leverett. So we could keep him. Yeah, we, can keep, keep. We, we can keep him because he saw first string action. I'll be more comfortable with him as a second string. Because let's not forget, we get Shaq Mason back, presumably healthy next right. season. And this is a guy who Tom Brady like seeked out because he, you know, trusted him from his time in New England. I want Shaq Mason. <laughs> I want Shaq Mason back. And it kind of leaves Leverett on the outside because they're both guards. But if Shaq Mason comes back, you know, we saw him get hurt once. He could get hurt again. Leverett was in there before. 
And, and of all the times we screamed about how bad the offensive line was, Leverett's name was mentioned less than other people. So <laughs> we give him the benefit oh, of the doubt. that's true. We give him the benefit of the doubt for that, so I'll keep him. And, and to be <laughs> honest, I don't know if we're at the liberty as a Buccaneers organization to turn away offensive line help. If you want to come in and play offensive line for us, by all means. Like, what, you know what I mean? We, we need No, we're not being desperate. We are not being desperate. We're we raising the bar a little bit. We need you. people that are going to perform. We don't need bodies. We don't I need to just be out here generating heat for no reason and – um, I will leave that there. As you guys have been able to notice, James is looking to rebuild and give Brady what he wants. I'm a little bit more on the I need more facts and figures before I make a decision quite yet. We want to hear from you, Bucks fans, because at the end of the day, it's actually all about you. Yes, mm. don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. So you want Brady back. Do you want half of these free agents to come back? Would you keep them? Would you leave them? Is this a rebuild for Brady or is this a rebuild for Todd Bowles? Are we not rebuilding at all and plugging and playing in more veterans for next season? All of these thoughts are up in the air, and we will continue to break them down because, as we said, we're in the offseason, the most exciting time of the year. So much to talk about, so much to get into, so much perspective. Some great guests coming on next week, starting with Josh Capo, the numbers guy, giving us perspective on cap, who could realistically potentially come back and who we've got to move on from. And then another guy who's just a super analyst and who will give us some uh, insight into the brain of the one and only Tom Brady. So you're going to want to stick with us on all these exciting episodes and guests and topics. Download that Odyssey app. Search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Hit that auto-download button. Have all of these brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. You can also stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any and all of your favorite streaming platforms. And do us as well as yourself a favor. Share it with other football fans, friends, family, Tom Brady fans, Bucks fans, Tampa Bay fans, people who need to learn about football, whomever. Just hit that share button whenever you download the newest episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my producer, James Jackson, and this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. <laughs>